0: Welcome back to Two Crees and a Pod. Uh, we are in season four, episode three, and today we are incredibly honored to be joined uh, by Mr. Justin Lewis, who is from out in our neck of the woods, from musk with cheese, what, what, uh, and uh, is uh, currently living out in uh, Vancouver. I'm sure Justin will correct me if I'm wrong there. And, um, and uh, uh, is the co-founder of Section Thirty Five, and so we're just really excited to have you join us today, Justin. uh This has been uh, long overdue. This conversation, and so thank you for being patient with us uh, while we took a bit of a break. Uh, as our listeners know, um, or may know, or may not know, uh, we took a bit of a break uh, because uh, my father passed away in early May, and so we've taken a break from a recording. So. I'm thankful that we're back and, uh, and I'm really excited about this conversation. So Justin, we want to open it up to you and allow you to introduce yourself in whichever way you choose. Uh,
1: yeah, thanks for having me. Um, obviously the the name, Justin Lewis, um, like I said, I grew up in Muskochi's out in Treaty 6 in Alberta. Um, I was living in Vancouver, actually live in Chilliwack now, which is, about an hour east of Vancouver, I live in uh, Skokale with my my wife and her family and and our kids. And yeah, so that's kind of where I call home now, but obviously my heart's always back in in the prairies still, so I'm, you know, it'd be nice to get back to visit. This pandemic's kind of, you know, put a stop on that, but I'm looking forward to getting back home this summer sometime and kind of grounding myself back out there, so. But yeah, I'm
0: excited to be here. Awesome and y'all can't see um, uh, us right now, but uh, Justin is wearing one of my favorite shirts uh, and it says, fuck colonialism. And so let's start there. (laughs) Let's just dive right in. (laughs) Would you share with our listeners um, maybe some of the story around section 35, uh, you know, and, and where, where your roots are in there and uh, and how it came to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, We started, I mean, the brand really kind of came to life in, I would say late 2013, early 2014, but, um, you know, I was exploring, you know, kind of the artistic side that I have. I've always been an athlete, so I played college baseball and all that stuff, and I was transitioning it out of kind of the jock life that I had lived and working, and I was doing some work in kind of indigenous relations stuff, and um, I've always had this kind of calling to, to art and, and design and all that stuff. And I started kind of playing around and um, my business partner actually met in Vancouver playing baseball out there. And, and he had a print shop and we kind of just, you know, I started making t-shirts uh, with old hockey logos from the res back home and, and kind of started selling those to friends and family. And um, from there it just kind of like, well, why don't we, you know, use your shop and make a brand. And so um, trying to think of a, a brand name and I'd been, like I said, I was working in indigenous relations and, and title and rights and stuff. And so section 35 was always something that, you know, the communities always talked about as their, their rights being enshrined in that. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, that actually sounds pretty cool for, for a clothing brand. And so we, we kind of put that flip on it. So from there, there was always kind of that underlying political, tone of of the brand and what it represented and you know kind of just started to it took a couple years before I actually had enough you know kind of uh, balls if you say to to put myself out there creatively like I worked on it for for years and um, finally like people you know I did a lot of networking and traveling and people were always asking well when's it going to come out and I was like shoot I guess I kind of got to do this now and so uh, my wife actually really was pushing me like she's like this is really good you know like you should do it and so i just kind of went for it and in the the whole fuck colonialism thing was kind of one of the first t-shirts we designed and um like there was always this kind of push about decolonization and anti-colonial and all this stuff and i was kind of just like you know what is it well i was always like why do we give it that much power It is fuck colonialism and that was kind of just Nobody had really put that out there. So I was like, well, let's, you know, let me play with that. And I actually took a a hockey logo from the Washington Capitals and I flipped it to say, fuck colonialism. That was like our first design that we really started pushing out there. And people really liked it. And then two days before we went live on the website, we got to see some desist letter from the NHL. And so it kind (laughs) of stopped the put that from us really putting it out there. But it kind of started the the series of t-shirts that we were doing, it was kind of like, well, you know, people always take so much from, from our people and our culture. It was like, why don't we start taking from them and flipping it, you know? So that's kind of where we started taking logos and flipping them to say fuck colonialism. And um, so we've had, you know, shirts for the past five years that have always said that just different versions of it. And, and uh, people seem to really like it. And it's kind of been like one of our, our, if you will catch phrases that we've always marketed with and stuff and I've there's starting to be some other people floating it around on their shirts and stuff but like you know I got uh, a question from another brand about it and I you know if I was upset about it I was like I don't really care I think that message belongs to everybody you know (laughs) but that's kind of the how that really started you know and so um, it started kind of our first uh, first time dealing with cease and desists and like streetwear is really prominent with, you know, kind of flipping designs and people putting their own spin on stuff. And so it kind of, we had to learn really quick though, like the line you have to tread on stuff, especially when you're up against big corporations and big companies. And we were more impressed with the fact that our marketing had reached, you know, like the, the office of the NHL. So <laughs> we thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> We still sold them all. We sold them all kind of under the table because people wanted them, but we we couldn't really market it broadly. So, (laughs) yeah, that's kind of where that that started off. And from there, it just, it grew into collaborations with with other artists. And, um, you know, one of the first things I really did was start traveling, you know, kind of around North America to different events and and meeting other creatives and and people. And, and, you know, it's, it's really cool, like the network that we've built by doing that. You know, so we get to work with a lot of artists who we actually, you know, who I look up to and who I respect creatively. And so um, we've always taken that approach into, like, meshing art politics in in our culture into something that's, you know, more, I guess, mainstream, modern medium, which is streetwear. And so that's, you know, that's always the vision we've had. And that's always kind of what we've done. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: so I, I just have a question, and, and this is just more of a clarification for, um, we have a wide audience of, of listeners that listen in on this podcast, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, um, and you talked about working with Indigenous Relations and Section 35. Do you want to just describe a little bit about what Section 35 is?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess at the foundation, Section 35 is kind of Section 35 of the Constitution, uh, in, in so-called Canada, if you will, but mm-hmm. basically that's where our rights their inherent treaty rights and indigenous rights are enshrined. Um, I mean, if you want to go into detail, it, it doesn't define them, but it's essentially, you know, it, it enshrines our rights in the constitution. And so, um, that's, that's, I guess the foundation of that piece. So yeah, I always think if I could go back and do things over. I might be a lawyer because I'm always really intrigued in in like that whole piece. So, yeah. it kind of bleeds into mm-hmm. that, what I do creatively. Always. So.
0: There's still time to be a lawyer.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't do it. School is a... <laughs> more school.
0: <laughs> and and I and what I um, and so in the last, uh, at, you know, and and we're all aware here of you know some of the consequences of what has happened over, that was last week, right? That was last Saturday. That was last Friday, yeah. where the discovery of the mass grave in Kamloops. And uh, over the last week, it's it's been a heavy week, right? And and so we, we've been feeling this. You know, we've been um, unraveling a lot. We've been having lots of conversations. And one of the things that I've really taken notice to is that there has been this influx of uh predominantly non-indigenous folks who are um i guess seeing it for what it is uh mm-hmm. even though we have been talking about this for a long time and one of the things i i'm i'm a TikToker. i don't do TikToks, uh and if i do they're like i don't dance i it's just you dance
2: what, don't dance. lie i dance <laughs> but let's be clear not
0: um, but, uh, but I've been like scrolling, I'm a scroller and I like to, to look at and indigenous TikTok comes up a lot in my for you page. And there has been a lot of folks who have uh, been very vocal about what they've learned again, not indigenous folks and, and kind of that shock and disbelief. Then there's been, uh, again, a lot of indigenous creators on, you know, TikTok saying we've been saying this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, giving that message of fuck colonialism yeah. and, uh, and it's been a lot more maybe visible to, uh, some of our non-indigenous, uh, folks out there. And, uh, I, I, I follow this, this, uh, person on TikTok and, and some of their clothing also talks about fuck colonialism and, uh, colonizer please. And so on. And some of the backlash that this person is getting now is, you know, not every white person is a colonizer. Uh, not every white person is, uh, is, is bad. Right. And there's been this like reaction of white fragility, uh, to protect, right. To protect that, you know, not all of us are colonizers. And, and the reality is is that if you have settled in this country, you are part of the settler colonial population, right? meaning that we are all involved in colonialism, that we all exist in colonialism. And I know that, again, we know that, but I think it's just really important for uh, some of the folks that are listening to understand that when we are, when there's these clothing lines or there's these statements through art uh, and through creation in that way that are, um, that may seem abrasive, Mm -hmm. it is more about protecting white fragility than it is about the realization that uh colonialism has caused incredible harms for all of us you know not just indigenous folks right it's caused harm for all of us and so i'm i I give you so many props uh you know justin for for the work that you've done and i remember seeing the very first fuck colonialism shirt with section 35 because i've been following section 35 for so long and i was like whoa, Wow! yes, you know? And, and just being really, um, being really um, honored by that, because I think that, again, uh, that can be seen as quite radical. Um, and, and again, we look at radicalism as, as something that just is outside of any of those boxes of colonialism. So I want to thank you for pushing that and, and for uh, really putting that out into the universe in a really good way. And that indigenous folks have something that they can wear to say, yeah, fuck this, you know? And so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. And like, like for me, the way I look at that as well is like, I'm not uh, a vocal person. I'm not one who's going to be out posting videos of myself talking about all this stuff, you know, like this, this whole voice through the clothing, that's kind of like my voice. Right. Mm. And that's where I speak, you know, what I feel you know? and how and Yeah. it's it's abrasive and stuff and maybe it makes white people uncomfortable but you know for me that's my voice you know and so I think that speaks to a lot of other people as well like not all of us are tiktokers and we don't go and you know want to try and educate the world and stuff that's not me you know like for me that's something I keep close to myself and you know what I put out is what I'm what I'm feeling Mm. yeah there's
2: um there's some sayings that me and Amber have, <laughs> Amber, <laughs> around uh when we're when we're just out and about whether we're hanging out or we're quadding or you know when we're like fuck you guys, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <You're so cool. laughs> can you make a shirt like that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you make one just for two pieces of pop that says fuck you guys? <laughs> yes, we can. want to we want to <laughs> collab with section 35 with the shirt that says fuck you guys <laughs> and and again I think that part of um you know and and I remember I watched this on oh, I'm not going to remember her name right now it's leaving me but I remember I watched uh this documentary many years ago and it was uh Lakota woman and um she talked about me and she was dropping f-bombs and she was you know and and speaking in this way and she said um we don't have that word in our language she said but you brought it here yeah and she said so we're gonna use it and we're gonna use it in a way to fight back right and again and i think that when i first saw the "fuck colonialism shirt i thought about that that old lady's voice right and how you know well i mean we've probably all been yelled at by our nookums right mm-hmm. and that's scary uh but my grandmother <laughs> never at us she probably did in cree a couple times but um but we know that uh a lot of our languages are very they're very uh, gentle right mm-hmm. our Nekyo language is very it's a very gentle language. Um, And, uh, and if you think about, again, where that abrasiveness comes from, it comes from those English words. That's where the abrasiveness comes from. Mm. And there's nothing soft about colonialism, there's nothing gentle about colonialism, Mm. there's nothing kind and nurturing about it. And so I think that the message about colonialism really, again, speaks to the abrasiveness of colonialism.
1: Yeah, and especially this past week, and you know, like seeing that there's been a big outpouring of kind of allyship as well. But the you know, but then you see people like,
2: you know, what is what's that guy from Elbor? Is it Kenny, the 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 premier? Like, oh God, know, it's a
1: douche, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't, don't get it started. <laughs>
1: you know, and, and he'll he'll say one thing in one sentence, and then completely, you know wipe away any mm-hmm. good, goodwill he had trying to build in his previous comments by some asshole comment you know uh-huh. and i'm like dude how do, these are the people that are part of the system that oppresses us right and right. and you know when people say they're not colonizers you participate in in an oppressive system and you uphold that system then you are a colonizer you know and and even our own people can be colonizers right like there's internalized colonization it's it's a real thing, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting week watching like the dynamics. I, I honestly, I I've, I've probably taken a little bit of a break from social media cause it's just too much, you know? And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, even, even infighting over stuff, you know, like people disagreeing on, on stuff. And I just, you know, for me, like I try to focus on my family more than anything when I have time and, you know, more, more importantly, educating the kids and supporting them through this time because mm-hmm. it's very confusing for them you know and you know they're upset about what's coming out like we've all known this stuff but the kids are still they're still learning you know mm-hmm. and for them to understand that that's what's happened you know like we've got a duty to to build them up to be able to walk into this world and, and be able to take colonization head on as well right mm-hmm. and so to me that's what's more important in this time so
2: yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, one of the things is that um the importance of how we are all kind of supporting each other right now and, and checking in with each other. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the most difficult conversations was the one that I had with my eight year old daughter and, you know, explaining this to her and, you know, and, and her reaction to it. And knowing that, you know, my daughters has sat in on many of my conversations and we've talked about residential school because my father is a residential school survivor. So we've, we've talked about this and she's, she is aware to some extent. Um, but when I explained, you know, that there was this mass grave found um, and that there was, um, there was 215 children, you know, I, and, and she couldn't even, she kind of just laid there and uh, and looked at me and was quiet for a while processing and then said to me, mom that's so many kids that's so many kids mom you know and i thought at that point you know this is this is one school you know in canada and and we have you know more to we know that there's more out there right and so i think that one of the really important things is 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 for what i've been doing this week as well is just taking a break and ensuring that I was around community and folks who could provide support, um, to our family in, in, in many ways, and kind of just not going on social media. Cause again, social media could always be quite, quite, um, triggering during times yeah. like this for sure. And, and it's very reactionary. So.
1: Yeah. And even, even out here in Chilliwack, like, um, there was, there was a group, I think there was something like that found out here years ago and in, in Kokolitsa, where the old residential school is here. And there's, there's a grave actually right across. I can look out the window and see the graveyard that all those children are buried at now because there was a similar thing. There was a mass grave of, you know, unmarked graves that was found. And so you think about that and then what's just come out is makes you wonder what, what else is out there that hasn't been uncovered? And, and when you look at it through that scope and that it's like, it's over, overwhelming, right. Mm-hmm. To think that that much, that many children were, were taken. And, and so, yeah, it, you know, it is overwhelming. And so I always think it's, you, know, you walk gentle during these times and mm-hmm. yeah. it's easy to get really mad and get emotional and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody processes that stuff their own way. So.
0: And we were talking about, um, Terry and I had this conversation and we had it with a few other people in our lives as well, that what we witnessed in the last week has been a lot of our survivors and a lot of the older generation Mm -hmm. wanting to talk, Mm -hmm. wanting to have conversation, uh, finding folks that they can, um, that they can sit with and process, uh, some of these things with, and, um, and it has really, um, reminded our survivors and their older children about, uh, you know, some of the experiences that maybe they never had an opportunity to talk about or share with other people. And, um, and I think that this is a really good time, and and you know, and, and we talked about you know educating our children, uh, you know, and, and that's incredibly important. Um, I also add that it's so important for us to think about uh, how are we supporting our older generation right now, mm-hmm. um, and many of them may, you know, some folks might be on on social media, some may not, but they still see it, they still hear it, they still obviously live it every single day. And so I think that also creating those spaces for our older generation to, um, to, for us to check in and say, how are you doing? You know, how are, how are you doing today? And, and so, and again, I I can only imagine if my father was still alive during this time, what types of things might have come up for him. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's also a good opportunity for us if we do have the older folks, because, you know, especially with the TRC, know i think there was this um this understanding in the canadian public that you know you tell the truth and then reconciliation happens directly afterwards and that there was the two didn't go hand in hand (laughs) but there's never an end to truth telling because there's still so many stories and so really important for us to think about how truth and reconciliation are they coexist and they they will never not you know happen together um if we even believe in reconciliation that is and so um, I think about the, the truth telling that has been happening. And if we have an opportunity to sit with some of the survivors right now, I think it's a really great opportunity to maybe ask some of those questions in a very kind, compassionate and gentle way that we never had the opportunity to ask. Like, and I was telling Terry this um, about how there were so many things I never asked my dad. Mm -hmm. and 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 rightfully so you know I I don't know if I would have been able to ask the questions that I wanted to ask uh, at that time and maybe he wouldn't have been prepared to answer them and and nor should he have felt forced to either but if there is an opportunity where I could have sat with him and asked him uh, again some questions of you know using very compassionate inquiry and empathy Mm -hmm. I might have you know and so I invite our generation um the, maybe the, the children or the grandchildren of residential school survivors, you know, don't leave anything unsaid, you know, and, and really take those opportunities to uh, thank your parents or your grandparents. Just thank them for surviving.
1: Yeah.
0: Just thank them for surviving, you know, and I want to put that invitation out there. And that's something that I've learned uh, since my father's passing is, is uh, and I did, I've thanked him many times while he was alive. Yeah. And I still thank him now. And so I think that there are opportunities for us, uh, you know, to, to have some really, um, difficult, but also some really beautiful conversations as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. and, And I've thought about, you know, like my, my dad
1: was a day school, you know, my dad went to day school. A lot of my aunties went to residential school. So there's always been that, that underlying current of, you know, who knows and, and, you know, like our, our parents or aunties like they're not perfect you know they've been through a lot right and so for me as I've got older and I I started to understand um you know why people are the way they are you know and so there there's always been that crane so I think of my auntie too is like I've never really talked to her in depth about her experience but like when when we have kind of touched on it like she gets really choked up and, Mm -hmm. and gets angry even you know and she's like look at me now look at they said I would never be shit, you know, and look at me now and and so it's always like a like I've always never knew how to like deal with that when she got like that. It was a little bit overwhelming for me, right, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine like what she's you know the the anger and pain she's feeling right now because there's a lot she just hasn't shared with us, you know, and I don't you know it it's kind of scary to think, you know, like if, if I do sit down with her and we have that conversation, like some of the, the horrors that she probably witnessed, you know, and, and has carried with her for so long, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty uh substantial thing. So I agree with you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up, um, time with you Justin. I just wanted to ask if there is any closing comments that you have for our listeners.
1: Um I always like to 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 thank the people that support the brand and like I'm always I try to be very gracious because if it wasn't for the people that support the brand and what we do we wouldn't be able to do it. And so that's one of the the first things I always do is feel like we really do appreciate the support allowing me to, to do something that I'm passionate about, you know, and, and, and keep it going. So that's, you know, that's the first piece. The other piece, I guess, for, for people who don't, you know, maybe not are not indigenous, but like I encourage them to continue to, to keep an open mind and an open heart, uh, especially at this time, you know, and, um, yeah, we call you a colonizer and stuff, but, you know, I have, I have some really good colonizer friends, you know, <laughs> there's good, good people. So, um, but, you know, keep an open mind, keep an open heart, you know, keep educating yourself and, and find ways to be a good ally. And, and I think, you know, I think we can coexist in this world and and move forward together in a good way. And, and, you know, I think there is, there's, there's a path forward and it's going to take a lot of work for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I just encourage everybody to do that. So, yeah. and then just, you know, thank you guys for, for
0: having me on here. And I'll add to that is one of the things that a lot of, uh, settler folk, um, ask is what can we do? Uh, especially during times like this, I'll get asked like, what can we do? What can we do? Um, run me my money, yeah. support. <laughs> support indigenous organizations, invest there, donate, mm-hmm. um, buy indigenous clothing, support Indigenous uh, local indigenous artists, uh, run me my money. Like put your money there, right? Because it is our indigenous uh, small business owners who are making incredible change like yourself. And, and so I, I absolutely 100% encourage, you know, you know, if you can't give land back, then start paying somewhere. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and start supporting indigenous businesses. And so um, can you tell us, I I know, but can you tell our listeners where they can find section 35?
1: Yeah, we're, uh, we've got a website, www.section35.com. There's no numbers in that. It's all spelled out. Um, We've actually, we've got some, some stock lists and some some stores. So below below the belt, stocks us. Uh we're coming soon to Boathouse online. Uh and then just some other smaller accounts. But you know, check the website. We've got all our details on there. Uh our Instagrams uh at section thirty five. Um Facebook section thirty five. It's all you can find us on all those you won't find this on TikTok, but you know, <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> um, yeah like i said support small business support indigenous business um run me my money you
0: know (laughs) yes
1: yeah it'd be nice if our treaty money went up too
0: (laughs) canada run me my money
1: yeah yeah interest where's the (laughs) interest
0: i agree
2: (laughs) Well we thank you. you. Thank you, Justin, for uh, joining us today on Two Crees and a Pod, and we appreciate you sharing um, your your stories and your knowledge with us today. I hi, hi. Two Crees in a pod.
0: Two Crees in a pod. Two Crees in a Pod. Two and a Pod. Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. They push us to this point, frustrations of a common man Manifest a destiny, preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey, live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids, can't taste clean water A child born into a world, revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard so we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors, anguish lightning in our veins Hear it in the language when they are kitchen for the rain I am product of people that persevere persecution Paint me so creator sees me if I go out shooting Experience our pain when our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me, trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me. We move in silence, cover of the night, learning from the woods, in the forest, tracking enemies in the woods. Reincarnations of warriors, riding for salvation, or are we false prophets when we submit to temptations? Colonization is a hell of a drug, we all seem to go crazy when we fall in love, I said. Colonization is a hell of a drug, we all seem to go crazy when we fall in love, I said.
2: Two Crees in a pod.